0: Joshua chapter 15, if you have your Bibles. Joshua chapter 15. It was George uh, Mueller, very interesting man of history. He, he ran an orphanage. And in that orphanage, he... Um, uh, didn't have money one morning and there was 300 kids there and so in that uh, uh, orphanage uh, he, the headmistress came and she said what do we do he said get the kids dressed and bring them down to the cafeteria and sit them down at the tables She protested. She said, but we have no food. We have no, uh, um, we don't have anything to give the children. She said, he said, don't worry about it. Then George Miller prayed and thanked God for the food and waited. George knew God would provide for the children. He always did. Within minutes, the baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep, and somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning, so I got up and braked three batches for you. I'll bring it in now. Soon after, there was another knock on the door. It was a milkman who said, My cart has just broken down in front of the orphanage. The milk will, the milk will spoil by the time the wheel is fixed. Would you like some free milk? He brought in 10 canisters of milk, and it was enough for 300 thirsty children. George Miller is a very interesting man in history, and you can read about him and such. He was a pastor. He wanted to do something. He was a man who lived by faith, and he believed that you could ask God for great things. He believed that God would provide He believed that your prayers could actually change circumstances. In the text we're going to read, we have a picture of prayer. It's not actually a prayer. It's not actually someone talking to God. It's a woman talking to her father. And it is a type of prayer. In the Old Testament, there are many types of what would be revealed in the New Testament. What was physical in the Old Testament became spiritual. We don't actually go out with swords and 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 do battle, but we do do battle in the Christian life. And so this is a picture I want to look with you at. Joshua chapter thir- 15, beginning in verse 13. And the Lord commanded Joshua to assign some of Judah's territory to Caleb, the son of Jethna. And so Caleb was given the town of Karishar Arabah, that is Hebron. And it was named after Ankin's ancestors. And Caleb uh, drove out three groups of Anakites, the descendants of Sheikiah, Ahaman, and Talimah, the sons of Anak. From there he went on to fight the people in the towns of Dirbra, formerly called uh, Kirath-sepher. And Caleb said, I will give my daughter Akash in marriage to anyone who attacks and captures Kirath-sepher. And Othniel. The son of Caleb's brother, Kenza, was one who conquered it. So, Achish became Othniel's wife. And Akish married O'Neil, uh, Othniel and urged him uh, to ask her father for the field. And as she got down off her donkey, Caleb asked, "'What's the matter?' And she said, "'Give me another gift.'" You have already given me the land of Negra. Now please give me the springs of water too. And so Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. This story is paralleled and told again in Judges chapter 1. There, when something is mentioned twice like that, it's time to take notice. God's trying to say something. When Jesus would say in the old, in the King James, uh, it was stated, verily, verily. The reason it was stated twice, it's like, um um or hey, hey, or can I have your attention, please? Yes? Hello? It was to get your attention. It was to wake you up. It was to make sure you're listening. And so God says this twice. It's worth paying attention to. First, he tells Caleb, "You got to go take what's yours." And there are adversaries in there. There are three different adversaries. I looked up their names, hoping their names would have some relevance to uh, maybe spiritual. True, I, you know, just uh, one is named after the land, and another's uh, granite, and another's uh, marble. But what I think it does tell us is that. Uh, as he's assigned this area to take, which would become Hebron, Caleb has to take that promise, despite the enemies, despite the adversaries, despite what meet, might be hard, and make it his own. You're going to have to make the promises of God your own. Second Corinthians chapter one verses eighteen through twenty. As surely as God is faithful. Our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Christ, for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you and have, has God's ultimate yes. He always does what he says. For God, always, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, Our Amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. Caleb, in chapter 14, I won't read it, I preached a sermon not that long ago on Caleb had a different spirit. And how Caleb said, that's mine. And he had to wait 45 years, but he said, you remember when we went through Joshua and uh, the 10 other guys all... Blew it in their unbelief. We had to wait out a generation. God promised me, Moses told me, that land was mine. I want it. I want the promise. You're going to have to make the promises of God yours. You're going to have to make them something you're personally going to take. Something that you say, this is mine. God promised it to me. That might have come through reading the word of God. It might have come through a revelation from God. That might have come from a word from an evangelist. That might have come just in a fellowship with one another. I've shared with you before, but Craig McLaughlin and I will refer to the night where we both spoke and we both uh, uh, basically were uh telling each other what was going to happen in each other's lives and we I knew he wanted to be an evangelist he knew I wanted to be a missionary and it was already there and it was obvious we weren't even married at the time uh and and we we both knew this is what God has for us and we still to uh, 30 Eight years later, still refer to it. What are the promises? I will say with God's promises, timing is God's perfect on His timing. Most of us want it yesterday. I get that. I wouldn't mind it yesterday either. But Hebrews tells us that through your patient endurance, you'll receive the promises. Hebrews ten, thirty-five. Don't cast off your confidence, because it's through that you'll, you'll with patient endurance you'll obtain the promises of God. Then you've got to take them; you have got to make them your own. Verse fourteen: Caleb drove out the three groups of the Anakites. It's not enough to say you want the promises. You have to go get them sometimes. There has to be a fight, a struggle. Yeah, sometimes you've got to want them. Sometimes, you know, not, life doesn't happen automatically, neither do the promises of God. It's not something that you, you just well, you just show up and they come. This takes contending. This takes wrestling. This takes uh, sometimes fighting the world, the flesh, the devil. Uh, sometimes it takes uh, conquering our fears or whatever it might be. Hebrews eleven, thirteen, and 14, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive the promise but saw it afar off and all from a distance welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads on the earth. They obviously were people who say such things were looking for a country that they could call their own. Two marks on people who are fighting for the promises. They don't settle for what the current status is. What is happening at the moment is not what God has promised me yet. So I'm not settling for just this. Secondly, it tells us that they're looking for God. What does God have? We all have our own plans, but what does God have? What does God want to do? James 1, 5 and 6, this is from the Message Translation, says, If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help you'll get his help and you won't be consider uh uh you won't be consider uh you won't have to when you pray for it you won't uh and ask boldly believing without a second thought people who worry their prayers are like whipped winds on the ocean If you're all worried, you'll you'll be, oh, what's the circumstance of the moment? Oh, what's happening right now? But people who have, God will help you. And to lay hold of the promises, you have to be looking for something. Caleb also realized he might need help in obtaining the promises. Sometimes we need help and assistance. He offers his daughter. Now, we don't do that anymore. Steve. Anyway, we don't do that anymore, right? You don't offer up your daughter as, you know, your help or whatever. I'm just kidding. And so, uh, right? It's not something, but it was done in biblical times. David was, Saul offered up one of his daughters, if you defeated Goliath. It's kind of a strange little custom that they did. But it also was a way to get help from others. To say to someone else, help. I've gone to brothers, pastors, friends, and said, Would you pray for this? Tony Chase and Richard Valencio would text me from time to time, What do you need me to pray for? What do you need? What, brother, what's, what's going on? What could we pray? And I would just tell them the building, the building, and we you got the building, and they, they helped us pray it through. Matthew eighteen nineteen. I tell you this, if two or three are on, uh, here on earth concerning anything, or oh, if two or three agree here on earth concerning anything, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Sometimes it's not bad to ask for help true story during the Great American Awakening, the first one. Jonathan Edwards was having a prayer meeting, and there were 800 men there. And a woman slipped him a note and said, would you pray for my husband? He's become unloving, prideful, and difficult. And so Edwards was kind of moved by this. He's thinking about it. And so he eventually read the note. He said, Let's, uh, he pulled an altar call. He said, Every head bowed, every head closed. If that's you, if this note's about you, raise your hand. 300 men raised their hand. So they prayed for those 300 men. Sometimes it helps to ask Would you pray? Would you believe God? Sometimes it's just help. One of the things to overcome internet pornography is accountability. An accountability partner changes everything. The picture of prayer is his daughter. She says to her husband now, he says, Listen, said he'd give us the land. But let's ask him for the springs, too. Give me the springs, too. This is the picture of prayer. She comes to the Father, her Father. Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 9, verse. Uh, chapter, verse, chapter, chapter Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 Like this pray Our Father Who is in heaven To that time when G, Where the Father is referred to in the Old Testament It was simply as the Kind of the patriarch of the Israeli nation Not on a personal level Not our Father Just the Father You have to come to your Father and ask Him. God wants to help us. And this is bold to go to the Father like this. But over and over in the Bible are people who would do that. There are five barren women in the Bible who all had miracle births. Sarah, Gave birth to the greatest family. The greatest, pr- oh, no, I'm sorry, Sir Isaac was the greatest promise. Jacob was the greatest family. And Re- Re- uh, Rebecca was barren. Manoah and his wife gave birth to Samson, the strongest judge. Hannah prayed. And he became the greatest judge. Hannah's prayer in first Samuel one, ten and eleven, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow, O Lord of the heavens of heaven's armies, if you will look down upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, he will never cut his hair. Jesus said the greatest prophet, John the Baptist, came out of a couple that had not had children. And when Gabriel shows up to Zechariah in the altar area when he's offering up incense, he makes this statement. Gabriel says, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers, He will give you a son. And you are to name him John. He didn't even believe anymore for that prayer. He didn't even really, I don't think they were praying it anymore. But God remembered what they had prayed. We could talk about Joshua's prayer, and we looked at this just a couple weeks ago. Heaven and earth stops. We could talk about Jabez's prayer. For a total reversal of circumstances in your life, we could talk about uh, uh, Solomon's prayer when he asked for wisdom. We could talk about Elijah calling down fire from heaven. Whatever we would want to talk, these are great prayers. It's a picture of prayer going boldly, and she asks big. Give me the spring. Water is very precious in Israel. Some have said that the potential Middle East war will be, next Middle East war, will not be over nuclear weapons, but over water. I don't know if that's true, but I do know it is a very precious commodity. We don't have that fear here, I think. What do we have? 5% of the world's fresh water? Or maybe it's 20% of the world's fresh water, 5% of the world's water is in the Great Lakes. It's not a big issue for us, but in there it meant the importance of life and fruitfulness. And she asked big, give me, give me the spring. God had just, you know, your father had just given her the land. He says, yeah, I like the land. That's fair. Thank you, Dad. Appreciate it. Give me the spring. nothing wrong with asking God or being bold in your prayers. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and we are confident that he hears us in whatever we ask for, anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us, that when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Elisha, who prays, and it doesn't rain for three and a half years, prays again and it does rain. The Bible tells us in James uh, that he that the uh, earnest prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then it talks about Elisha. It says he was a man just as human as we are. Yet when he prayed that it would not rain, prayed earnestly that it would not rain, it did not rain for three and a half years. And when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crop. Now, if you know the story from First Kings 17, he had to pray seven times. Which is the picture of continually. But he began to see the breakthrough. But the picture that I want to draw from that is that James puts out he's as human as we are. He wasn't special. He wasn't like he had a hotline to God. It was back during the Cold War after the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was 60 years ago. Russia had been moving missiles into Cuba. And the U.S. found out about it. It actually began with a picture from a spy plane of a soccer field. little useless trivia for you. And somebody in, who, in analyzing the pictures went, The Cubans play baseball. The Russians play soccer. The Russians are coming. Began to do some more investigation. They began to find this out. Of course, they were denying it. We had missiles in Turkey that were just as close as Havana was to Washington. Turkey's missiles were as close to Moscow. And so a backroom deal was done. And there's a great book called 13 Days that, you know, if you want to find out more about that, you can read. But out of that, a hotline was put in. And it's it still took time, but it was a direct line between Washington, the White House, and Moscow, the Kremlin. So that if there were issues because uh, uh, Khrushchev and Kennedy were going through backwaters through a Chinese restaurant. It was a front for this KGB and all this kind of thing. And they were shifting letters back and forth. Uh, and uh, and they uh, they got it done. they saved uh, what potentially. And I heard it from not only Americans who were involved in that. One of the women in our church in Lithuania, her father was on one of those boats taking the missiles over. And, and one of the... He said, we were this close. They all knew we were this close to many of you never being born. We don't get that hotline. We get more of a direct line. You can go straight to the Father and ask Him big. That's what Jesus made access. This was for fruitfulness and for blessing. Water in Israel is both for fruitfulness. You can't grow anything. We know this is, sustains life. It's the essence of life. It's, you, you can't have life without water. This is the whole issue of why, you know, that why haven't we gone to Mars yet? We, the technology is all there, except how are you going to get that much Water out there. It's about an eight-month trip to Mars. 16 months round trip. That's a lot of water. But it's also a blessing. As the kids were playing, it was all about the water, wasn't it? It was a lot about fun, but it was splash and water and fun and blessing in life. And she's asking for that. John 15:16 You did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. But you know the amazing thing here and again this is why it's a good picture of prayer. It's more than she more than she she gets more than she asked for. She asked for one Caleb gave her two. God does far more than often we ask for. God, I think, delights in bold prayers. I actually think he does. I think he's in heaven going, come on, test me. Come on, come on. Ask me to do something great. Great. The key is asking. That's where it would begin for most people. Actually pray and ask God. For something great. Glorious, big, awesome. This is faith. She's chiding her husband to do this because she knows her dad will say yes. Now, I know a lot of the babies who were born were boys and all that, but I'll tell you what. There is something about Daddy's girl. My daughter still does it to me. She did it to me today. Still did Still does it. She knows. The kids, my grandkids were in school, and they're selling these cups that flavor the water, and I don't, you know, get it. And my wife, my daughter doesn't really want it. A lot of chemicals and all that And they're like, so they see the cups and they're like 35 euros, which is about $40. And they're like, well, you got to ask your mom and dad. And my two granddaughters went, no, we have to ask Papa. He lives in America. He'll do it for us. Yep. Anyway. Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 25. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must believe it really will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you that you can pray for anything. If you believe it, that you will receive it. It will be yours. And when you pray, first forgive anyone that you are holding a grudge against. And if the Father in heaven will forgive your uh, sins too. Hebrews tells us it's impossible to please God without faith. First, you must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I could have gone on and on with scriptures, but the point is, you can ask God for something big, and God will hear you. It may not come at the moment. It may not come without a struggle. It may not come in just the way you're expecting it to come. But God delights. May 26th, 2023. At 4.30 a.m. Jaskon 4. Was one of three tugboats helping an oil tanker freighter into the coast of Nigeria when it began to sink. Harrison Okini, the tugboat's 29-year-old cook, immediately knew something was wrong. The vessel descended a hundred feet to the floor of the Atlantic, pitched to one side, and Okini was tossed to and fro in his small quarters. He groped and pitched in the darkness through the icy water, finally finding a cabin with about a four foot air pocket. He made a makeshift platform, stacked two mattresses together in his attempt to escape the rising water. Dressed only in his boxer shorts, Okini sat on the mattress and waited for help. But the thought of being rescued seemed so remote. Okini was a follower of Jesus and started to pray. He went through the psalms. Oh God, save me! uh, Save by Your name, save me. And the Lord sustains my life. Okini told reporters, "I started calling upon the name of God, uh, uh, reciting verses that I had read before, and I slept." Bible came for me from Psalms 54 to Psalms 92. My wife had been sent these verses to read that night when she called me before I went to bed. Two and a half days later, Okini was certain that the other 11 crewmen were all drowned, and that would be his fate soon. And he heard the sound of rescuers started bang- banging on the steel wall of his cabin with a hammer. The Dutch d- diver who found him couldn't believe their eyes when they reached out for, a, uh, reached out for the hand of a man they assumed were dead and the hand grabbed theirs. To this day, Okini believes after his rescue of 72 hours underwater as a result of divine deliverance, he told a Nigerian newspaper, the rest of my life I will thank God for his wonder. It is Incredible. That's a big and bold prayer. 100 feet of water in a capsized boat, God rescue me. If God could do that, what could He do for you? What could He do for you? If you'd be bold enough to ask Him for the springs, to let's bow our heads for just a moment. You're here this evening, you're not right with God. That would be in the way of you receiving anything from God. Sin would stand in the way between you and what God has for your life. Sin is your selfishness, your desires, your will. God doesn't bless our will. I, as a sinner, would sometimes have even prayed. I, was, I grew up Catholic and I would even pray, God, bless, I want this sin or that sin. I would pray for sins. Not fully understanding the Word of God or righteousness. But when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, He forgave my sins and access now to His throne was granted to me. Not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus Christ did. When he died on Calvary's cross, he made an opened access for us to God and from God to us. And Jesus is reaching out for you and he wants to touch your life. If you're here and you're not right with God, you're not saved or maybe you're backslidden, you want to come to Jesus very quickly. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand. Pray for me. I'm not right with God. I'm not saved. I I once knew God. I turned away. I need to get my heart right with God. Anyone at all, very quickly. You're not saved or you're backslidden. Moving on in just a moment, but you need to ask Jesus in your heart very quickly. Anyone at all. All right, changing the call then to Christians. This text tells us you can be bold with God. Give me the springs too. Not just the land, the springs too. The resources, the blessing, the favor, the life. Give us the land, Lord, but give us the springs too. Let the blessing flow. Just like George Mueller. Who said, you know what? God is going to provide. Thank you, you already have. And then knocks at the door. God will help us. In the areas of life. Let's all stand. We're gonna take time, open up these altars. We're gonna pray with some people tonight, believe we'll God to help some people. Let's sing that song, worship God, this evening. I I down, Casting aside. Father, we love you, God. We glorify you. Oh, we really do, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. What I'd like you to do is take your hand, put it on your head. I want you to say these words Father in heaven, bless me, help me. Lord, I need you to help me in life. I'm asking you for the springs too. You know my needs. You know mother, hairs on my head. You know what I need before I ask. And right now, I'm asking you for big things. I'm asking you for great things. Help me. Bless my life. Bless my family. Bless my church. Help us all. In Jesus' name. Now what I want to challenge you to do is ask God for some big things. I was a little hesitant to preach this. I just preached on prayer Sunday night. I know that. And I was hesitant. I was like, what, oh, really? Okay, kind of two in a row. All right. But I really felt challenged. I mentioned it before. Make a list. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And I need you to do this. Prescott's been doing this and the term is now called highlight it. It's of crass it out when God does it, highlight it. Use a highlighter. Make it yellow or pink or blue or green or whatever color you fancy. And say, God, you've done this. You've done that. You've done this. You've done that. You helped me there. You did this. And God's going to do it. God's going to do it. 2022 for this congregation was a year of unbelievable miracles. Springs that came out of nowhere and others experienced it. Some of you didn't. But God doesn't... He hasn't forgotten you. God wants to help you. He did it for our congregation as a toll with the building. But God wants to help you specifically. Pray. Ask God. This is the big thing I need. You couple that with doing it every 24 hours, and I'll tell you what, I believe God's going <laughs> to... It's going to blow our minds when, when people are highlighting what God's done. I just really feel we we're, we're, you know, God's hand blessing favor on our congregation. Let's take advantage of it. I don't mean it in an evil way, and I don't mean it in a flesh way. and I'm not going into television preaching. Money come to me. I'm not saying you know, you know, just whatever you want. Lay hands on it. True story. With one guy, he he called me up one day. He said, "Brother Keith, come down. There's this truck there. I want to. I might want to buy it. Let's lay hands on it." We did. The next day, it was gone. It happened to me, too. When we were in Lithuania, there was a car, a, an old Jaguar for sale. We're like, ooh, yeah, it wasn't a good kind, though. But anyway, $600. We're, my wife and I were like, well, we could buy it. We both, you know, could fix it up. It was gone. It was like, okay, God, I get it. You didn't want us to have it. Right? But God will give us and help us, bless us. Give me the springs, too. Hallelujah. I want to just pray for a couple people real quick. Cobra, uh, she hurt her leg again and it's it's bad. So let's pray for our sister right now. Father, right now we rebuke this pain. God, we speak healing virtue right now into uh, my sister's life. God, I pray against demonic strategies, uh, the spirit of injury. God, I speak healing virtue right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, go ra ba 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 ra se. Right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Let us know. And then, Star, you want to pray. I just want to pray for your Father, right now, help my sister. Pray with me. Lord God, cause your grace, your hand, I pray strength, fill her with your spirit, your love, your anointing, your favor, God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God. Oh, let her see, God, your hand. Give her the springs, to you, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. You remember our services on Sunday, the outreach to Greece this Saturday. We're going to have a great time. Let's bow our heads. Sawyer, would you seal us in prayer? Amen. The Lord.